he's not expecting you to be perfect before he'll use you. <laughs> but just let, let him start using you. And the more you work with him, the more you walk with him, the more you're going to be transformed from glory to glory to glory because he loves you. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out his spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so glad that you're with us. We want you to be prepared to take your place in the harvest, to take your place in what God is doing as he's pouring out his spirit in all the world, on all humanity. We want to help you get ready and to purify yourself as he is pure. But we want you to know that purifying yourself isn't really as hard as you may think. We are so glad that you're with us today. But before we get started, I just want to encourage you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and be sure to subscribe to our email list and help yourself to all of the other things that are available. You can look at our blogs and you can look at the events that we have coming up and all these other marvelous things that are available on our website. We have a wonderful bookstore and of course you can donate and help us to pay this forward and help us to stay on this channel. We want you to be with us as closely as possible. We have a place there where you can give us feedback. You can tell us what's blessing you and what what you need help with and what you need prayer for and and, uh, what you would like to hear us uh, share on this podcast because we want to help you grow up in the things of God. And we're just delighted for that opportunity. So today we are going to look at the book of 1 John and chapter 3, I'll just read a few verses from the Amplified Bible. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown, bestowed on us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. The reason that the world does not know, recognize, acknowledge us, is that it does not know recognize, acknowledge him. Beloved, we are, even here and now, God's children. It is not yet disclosed, made clear, what we shall be hereafter. But we know that when he comes and is manifested, we shall, as God's children, resemble and be like him, for we shall see him just as he really is. And everyone who has this hope resting on him cleanses, purifies himself just as he is pure, chaste, undefiled, guiltless. What does that sound like to you, Philip? When is he going to show up? (laughs) What (laughs) are we going to be? What are we going to be? Where are we going to be? We, we've always thought of this as... The rapture. Yeah, the rapture. And, uh-huh. and we, know that, we know that there is a rapture, but we know that there has to be a great outpouring first. Yes, and we occupy, I mean, we get busy yes. until, <laughs> until he comes. And we keep know. on doing the things that he's given us to do, and mm-hmm. we don't go hide away in a, 
a sheltered place in Uh a cave waiting for the worst things to happen, we are pressing in to bring in the harvest. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. But there's something that I discovered in in another translation, and I, I think maybe when you read it to me in the Passion Translation, it kind of alludes to that. Would you share would you share that with us? First John three, one through three. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. Don't you love that word lavished? I do. It's beautiful. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. But we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him, for we will see him as he truly is. And all who focus their hope on him will always be purifying themselves, just as Jesus is pure. And there's a real key in here is uh, all who focus their hope on him. That's key. That's very key because uh, you, you look at our world situations right now. You know, what are we focusing on? Uh-huh. I mean, if, you, if you're uh, focusing on all the new stuff, you know, that's what's, uh, that's what's going into your, into your soul and mm-hmm. your spirit sent from God. But, uh, the, you know, that's, that's a real you as your spirit. That's right. But the soul is the emotion, the intellect, and, and all the other uh, feeling and all the parts of that, of the, that, that nature, you know, that, that we react to. So if you're listening to the new stuff every day, it's like, well, there, there's one of these channels, you know, we, we get these notices, somebody out of, um, out of the Middle East, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and just like every day getting bombarded with, here's this, here's this. Oh, no, <laughs> man, news, Iran just bad did news, bad, bad news. news. Iran just did this. This is doing that. It's stuff that's good to know. You know, that, man, that's amazing. That's amazing. It's good to know this stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it turns your focus away, if it turns it more to fear of something that's going to happen, rather right. pulling your, keeping your sights on God, right? you know, then then you need to kind of lay it aside. Yeah, we, we are doing a actual fast ourselves, a 21-day uh, denial is mm-hmm. what it is. And it's a type of fast. It's no meat, no wheat, no sweets. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't leave a whole lot. Lots of know, veggies. Lots of veggies, you know, and <laughs> stuff like that. But it's for a purpose, and it's for Israel. Right. You know, we're, we're doing this for Israel. Right. That's the Isaiah 62 fast that uh, Mike Bickle has called for, and there's multitudes of ministries that are getting involved with that, and we are too. Yeah, I think there's like a, like five million people that are are fasting for Israel at this yeah. super critical time. And praying. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's keeping the right perspective on our focus. Right. And of course, the, the more we focus in the Word, you know, I will keep him in perfect peace. This is in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. I, I think it's in Isaiah. Okay, forgive in, me. In Isaiah, it <laughs> says, Thou wilt keep him, or you, talking about the Lord. Yeah, see, I'm not perfect will, yet. <laughs> you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. I, le- I learned it in King James. Uh-huh. So you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Talk, talking about God mm-hmm. is going to keep you in perfect peace when your mind is, is focused on him. Uh-huh. So th- this is, you know, going back to our original scripture, it's our Father 
showing his great love for us. Yeah. That he's calling us his sons already, his uh -huh. children, when we're still, maybe we're still babies. Uh, you know, when your child is born. Okay, mm -hmm. we, we have a daughter. And when she was born, she was a baby, but she was every bit 100% our daughter. Yeah. Just uh -huh. a baby, though. Yeah. And then she grew and she was a child and then she grew and she was a teenager. Then she grew. She was a young, young adult. And she's in a, she's a full fledged adult now. Yeah. She's an adult. Uh -huh. The whole time she has the relationship to us of being our daughter. Mm -hmm. And that is what our father has towards all of us, that we are his children. He's calling us his children because He's our father. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. But it, here, here's here's the the thing I wanted to focus on though, this this idea that when Jesus appears, we're going to be like him. Uh -huh. But as I was studying this, I use the Blue Letter Bible on my phone a lot, mm -hmm. and I have the King James on one side, and parallel to it, I have the Young's Literal Translation, because sometimes you get nuggets out of that that other translation. I'm familiar with the King James. I use other translations, obviously, but I like what I find in this Young's translation because it gives you a more literal word-by-word -word translation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, that doesn't flow well because it's Greek word order. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it, it doesn't flow in the same way that English does. But here's what it says. Beloved, now children of God are we. And it was not yet manifested what we shall be. And we have known that if he may be manifested, like him we shall be because we shall see him as he is. Now, that doesn't sound the same way as these other versions, that, like the, the King James or the uh -huh. Amplified Classic that I just read. That gives you a, a real picture of the rapture, the appearing of the Lord. But this gives you the idea that whenever he's manifested, mm -hmm. we're going to see him as he is. Yeah. And we're going to be like him. And the next verse says, if you have this hope in you, you're going to purify yourself. So what I'm seeing in this is, as we've studied this scripture is that every time we get a glimpse of Jesus, Every time we get a glimpse of his character, every time we get a glimpse of something in the scripture that, that shows us his heart, mm -hmm. every time we get something more of him, it's an opportunity for us to see him as he is. Yeah, uh -huh. And that gives us the opportunity to make ourselves like him, yeah. to purify ourselves. But it's really all about putting our focus on him, as you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even though... You know, we can't see with our natural eye unless you have a visitation, you know, but we, but we've, we have this hope, you know, mm -hmm. and the, when you get into the word, you know, like many believers, maybe they're not really believers anyway, you know, they go to church or something, but if it is not presented in a way where you need a personal relationship with Jesus, mm -hmm. you're going to eventually say, there's, there's really nothing in this. This is just religious. Right. And Jesus was not religious. Right. You know, he put that under his feet. <laughs> yes, he did. You know, even when, 
I grew up in, it was a Nazarene church, and then actually my parents were Nazarenes, and when I was in the cradle rural department, they switched. It was a Pentecostal church, and it was a total, very strict upbringing. But even when I, I was 19, actually probably when I was about 15, I just started walking away from the Lord. And I've had some really experiences in the presence of God. You know, you could just, you know, you could feel his presence and move on him. But when you get attracted to all the other stuff going on around you, you know, when you go on to school, your friends, you know, you choose your friends, you know, and, and that will, your friends will mold you. Mm-hmm. You will, you will turn into their mold. Yeah. You're focusing you them, on them. Yeah. And, and if your focus turns away from God, then you're going to turn away from God because there's nothing to hold you. And even I would go to church, you know, I go to a church that I felt safe, you know. <laughs> even when you were an adult. Even as an adult, because the presence of the Lord was not there. See, if the presence of the Lord was there, I'd be under conviction. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't make myself right, I, I wouldn't go there. So I wouldn't go anywhere where I felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and what did I go to church for? Well, it was fellowship, you know, it was... Uh, Meeting people, this, that. And Maybe to look good? To look good, yeah. <laughs> Maybe look for a girl. You oh. Know? I mean, I could be, rather find a girl in church than one in the bowling alley. You know? Well, that's probably There's true. There's a big, big difference there. <laughs> you know, And so, but when church, some churches are more entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, instead of presence, you know, that's just going to feed your soul. It's like you can walk into a meeting and, you know, they got a big, big group going. It's just... You know, it's just, just thumping along and all that, and God's in the house, yeah, you know. It's in emotion, mm-hmm. but is God really in the house? Mm. You, what, did your, what did your spirit say? See, yeah. that spirit is the real inner you, and that's what you need to cultivate, you know, with, with that relationship of letting God work in your spirit, but you got to get your soul out of the way. Yeah, and true. the only way you get your soul out of the way is lining up with the Word of God. So right. your soul lines up. Mm-hmm. Word of God. That's your will, your emotions, what you want to do. You know, like I, I heard some uh, preacher say some years back, you know, like kids live for three things, mm-hmm. fun, food, and entertainment. Right. And he brought the story. Well, this family, you know, they just packed up. They went to Disneyland or Disney World, rather. And they just spent all this money, had all this good time, you know, all the rides, you know, everything, you know, that would go on there. And the next day they're going home, he gets home, I'm bored. <laughs> I mean, they just spent all this money, you know, right. for that. And it only lasted um, for the yep. time they were there. And now the kid's bored. Yep. And then we were on a plane. You know, oh, we were my. getting on an airplane. It I was, remember uh, this one. It was in Paris. And no, I, we, were, we were leaving Tel Aviv and heading to Paris. Heading to Paris. And so this particular airplane... Did it, it was a little older one, and you know, you're the new planes now. If you're doing overseas and and even um, the longer flights, they have a TV in the seat in front of you, and you can pick all these channels. And remember, back when we were flying before, there was no TV, you had like eight channels you could put the earphones in, and you could listen to whatever the programs were. But now you have a TV with all of this um, entertainment, entertainment, <laughs> and so this particular plane didn't have any um, TVs in it. And we're going by the front. And here's a guy sitting up front. So it's maybe a little pricier seat and all that. And uh, he's saying, there's no entertainment. 
you know, as we're going by him, and he was probably in his late his 20s or something. Maybe 30s even. Maybe 30s. And he said, what am I going to do what for the I... next four hours? And I almost felt like saying, why don't you grow up? You know, that's <laughs> what I wanted to say, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, it's just like, if you focus your life on an iPad, mm-hmm. on your phone, you're going to miss it. Unless what you're doing on that iPad or on that phone is building your character. It's your character that God is really after. Because if he can shape your character, then you're on your way to being what God wants you to be. Right. But if you don't want to let him, you don't feel that that unction, you know, maybe I should repent for what I just said or something like that. If you haven't disciplined yourself, you're not going to, you know, you're You're not going to be successful. You're not going to be successful. And you're certainly not going to be ready to minister in in the outpouring. Yeah. And what, and so what I thought about this adult guy, you know, uh, not having entertainment that brought me back to the, what that um, preacher said about the kids, they live for fun, food, entertainment, but so do adults. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I live for fun, food, entertainment up to the time that I really gave my life back to, to the Lord. Yeah, you like fun. What was fun? You know, so you go you go races. bowling, you know, go to <laughs> races. You know, we go to the Chicago land suburbs, had a big clay track, had a half mile, quarter mile, you know, and that was a fun thing. Then demo derby, you know, demolition fun, derby fun. with these old 60s and 70s cars that were tanks, not like the plastic things you drive today, you know. <laughs> you know, we, it was... Um, and then food, of course, you know, you like to go out to eat. And then, and what was entertainment? Going to the movies and, and stuff Watch like TV and watching somebody else entertain you. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember a, a, a restaurant we went to, it was, it was lettuce entertain you, except it was <laughs> lettuce, L-E-T-T-U-C-E was the, you know, <laughs> you know, so their food is kind of entertainment for you. And so if you live in a world of entertainment, you're not going to find your place where you need to be. And when this, like Sharon said, when this outpouring happens, you know, you won't be ready for it. And you want to be ready for one because it's already happening. It is happening. It's already moving. Yeah. And the bottom line is, are you living for yourself or are you living for God? Yeah. Are you all about me? Are you still a baby? Yeah. We had a, a, a speaker here a few weeks ago. And we had an episode out there. It was uh, Ivan Tuttle. Mm -hmm. And he says, now, what God gives you in releasing the greater glory in your life, you have to do something with it or you'll lose it. You'll be lukewarm. You'll be lukewarm. Yeah. And then Jesus will spit you out of his mouth. Oh, you know, and I thought, (laughs) wow, that's that's really strong words. Mm -hmm. But that's really true, because if you don't use what you have, you're going to lose it. Uh, A good example, too, is when we... We would go to the Feast of Tabernacles celebration in Jerusalem. They had an international choir, orchestra, and, and I did the choir about 10 times. And we'd be there from three to four weeks, rehearsing you know, like eight hours a day. That's, That's a, a lot, lot for uh, a musician or an instrumentalist. It's really a lot. But what it does, it build up, you know, it, it would build up my breast support. And at the end of just about the time when the feast started, I can notice a big difference in my voice, my volume, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm using muscles that I, that I've never used before, and I could I could physically hear the change in my voice mm-hmm. and the volume level too. So the feast is over. We go I go back to a regular schedule, 
And after about a month or so, my everything that I had built up was gone. Mm. You know, and so we had Ivan Tuttle here, and I thought, okay, you know, he's so he's challenging. You have to do something with this, you know. So I'm just trying, to, and yeah, you know, I try to catch people just flow with the Holy Spirit, like in a Walmart or on the street or something, find something. And I go to the stationary aisle in Walmart. I'm looking for some fine point pens, you know, and I'm not finding them. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, one of the associates comes around a corner with a cart. She's picking an order for somebody. And so I kind of ask her, do you have any any of those fine point pens, this particular brand? And we're looking, we can't find them and all that. And I says, well, that's okay. I'll do these. I thought, you know, at least we have pens. And I was reminded when we were in Romania, mm-hmm. and when it was under, it was two years after communism was tossed out. Yeah. And, and of course, the they still don't have much. And we're visiting a school. This is a big public school. And I forget what city in Romania we were in. Galatz, I think. Galatz. And they were taking us through the office and everything. And they had three typewriters sitting there. Two typewriters did not work. And there was no ribbons for the one that did. They didn't have pens. They didn't have pencils and all this stuff. You know, it was just amazing. They didn't have plumbing. They had mm-hmm. to use outhouses. Yeah. I mean, that's what 70 years of communism did for them. Yeah. You know, the, the one totally never advanced, you know, and the people were controlled. Their minds, the mindset was uh, totally different than living here in America. And so I just explained to her, you know, this is what Romania was like when you didn't even have any pens at all. And she says, I think the store is turning communist, mm-hmm. you know. And I says, what do you mean by that? He says, because they're, what they're doing to us, you know, with our hours, you know, they're, it's like they have control over you. And then I'm raising two children, you know, and they cut me back to like 16 hours from 30 hours. And a week after that, I'm not even on the schedule. I said, I may have to look for another job. And I realized this was a golden opportunity. I says, can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I said, can I just hold your hand? And I don't normally do that to a girl, you know, but I just felt to do <laughs> that, thing. you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, but I, I just, it was just like, obey a, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It was a point of contact. Yeah. And I just prayed for her and just, you know, releasing, you know, God's love over her and his direction and how he cares for her. And I didn't know if she was a believer or not, but she was tearing up a little bit, but that was what you call a Kairos moment. Yes. That's time. An opportunity. It's an opportune window of opportunity time. Mm-hmm. And that's what you can look for, but you have to be walking in a place where you're open to hearing the voice of the Lord. Right. Because if you're not focused on him, you're not going to be where you need to be. Yes, very true. Very true. You know, it's it's about purifying ourselves because of what we see in him. Mm-hmm. The more you spend time with him, the more you're going to see him, yeah. And and I'm I'm not necessarily talking about with your with your physical eyes, but seeing him in the spirit and just seeing him in your devotions and mm-hmm. and those little kisses when when you know that he heard you say something or wish something and he just he gives you a word or he gives you a a, a picture or you know mm-hmm. you see something that that he knows you like, yeah. And that's that's one of those ways where he's showing you his love. And the more you get enamored with him, the more you you put your focus on him because you love him and you realize he loves you. And I, I loved what Dean Braxton said to us on uh, the last podcast he was with us. Uh-huh. He said, God wants you. 
Uh-huh. God yeah. wants you. He made you because he wants you, because he wants to spend time with you. And our, our natural mind doesn't comprehend that. No, it's like— It's you, just, why did you put me on this planet, is what we think sometimes. Right. You know, because <laughs> it's but, not going the way we want. But here's, here's, what, here's what he says going on in First John 3, verse, the latter part of verse 8, uh, again from the Amplified Classic. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible— was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil, the works the devil has done. Mm -hmm. So our job is to cooperate with him in his manifestation. Mm -hmm. So the more we see him, the more we realize that he's made us like himself to do the job with him, Yeah, to cooperate with him. We talked about this on, on that podcast that we did about the anointing recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do we start in order to get close to him? And in John, uh, Gospel of John, chapter 15, talks about, you know, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And I'm just going to read this in the King James, maybe paraphrase it a little bit. But he says, I'm the true vine and my father is a husbandman. That's Abba, God, Father. You know, in every he's branch, like the farmer, the, he's the like vine the dresser. Farmer, the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Do you want to explain that teaching we heard on the grapes? Yes. Because uh, the vine, this is the grapevine. This is what it's referring to. Right. One of our members taught a class, I think it might even be out on YouTube, Marilyn Hargis. Mm -hmm. And I'll see if we can find that and, and add a, a link to it. But she was teaching us because she and her ministry associate, Judith Moore, they deliberately went to a vineyard to learn how this is done mm -hmm. so that they could teach this, so that she could teach this. So where it says, um, every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he lifts it up. If the vines have gotten down low and they're lying on the ground, they need to be lifted up in order to be able to bear fruit. And then th that's the where it's translated is taken away. He takes uh -huh. it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it. In other words, he prunes, prunes it. Prunes it. So yeah. it's, not, it's not always a pleasant thing, but his goal for us is that we will bear more fruit. Yeah. And so uh -huh. that's, that's why sometimes we go through some things in order to test us, in order to show us Show us our own hearts. You know, sometimes uh, I remember John Arnott said that God was offending your mind to show you what's in your heart. Mm, wow. Uh -huh. And sometimes we go through those kind of things where we go through a trial or a difficulty or, or something like that so that he can show us what's in our hearts that, that needs to be lifted yeah. up and, and moved or needs to, be, needs to be cut away. So the key, well, you know, this is a, some scriptures that always— I always just um, just feel like a part of me. And, and in verse 3, it says, Now you are clean through the word I have spoken unto you. You know, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is just before the night he's going to be crucified. He's mm -hmm. in the garden talking to them. And he says, Abide in me, and I in you, which means, in, in another translation, the Message Bible says, Live in me. Mm -hmm. So if Jesus lives in us, you know, then we live in him. You know, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine. 
we cannot bear that fruit unless we're really tuned into Jesus. That's true. So how do you start? Take your morning. You know, that's that's the best thing to do. Just having those moments, prayer time, you know, it's worth getting up early, you know, think, I can't do this, you know. But when you, if you develop a pattern of getting up into the Word, you know, and, and spending some prayer time, you're abiding in the vine. Mm-hmm. You're abiding in the Father, and He can speak to you out of, uh, you know, a devotional or something like that. And for, so you start your day like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you can always just keeping Him on your mind. Right. You know, instead of your girlfriend on your mind or, you know, or this or that, man, just think of that burnout I did last night. That was cool. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, all this other stuff, you know, you just kind of put, if you can focus more and the closer and closer, the more you abide in Jesus, the more he abides in you. Right. I remember when, when Dean Braxett said, said, when I died, I went to heaven. I saw Jesus says, Jesus saw himself in me. Yes. And I was in. Yep. I thought Jesus saw himself in me. Yeah. So that's that's what we want to aim for, where Jesus will see like a mirror that we will reflect him. Yeah. It's like the moon has no light of it all, but, but on a full moon night, it's pretty bright. You know, you can move around, but it's only reflecting the sun. It has no light of its own. Yeah. And we have no light of our own, only what we have through him. Right. But he's living on the inside of us. Uh-huh. So the light can shine through us if we'll be transparent enough to let it. Yeah. So this can be easy for you, mm-hmm. but you have to let it be easy. Right. And and it, it's really all about letting him love you. Uh-huh. And the more you realize how much he loves you, the more you're going to realize, I love him. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you lose your desire to do everything for yourself, mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you begin to get this passionate love to serve him yeah. and to do his will and and that's that's what uh, as as Dean Braxton was here recently he was he was explaining that true worship is just doing the will of God yeah mm-hmm. and he's looking for worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth yeah. so it's it's about relationship yeah and if you want a good example of worship one of the things we tune into often is the uh, it's the church in Orlando. It's the Jesus image. Mm-hmm. We love that one. It's very good. I, I recommend that to you, you know, especially you, you know, Gen Z ones. You know, <laughs> and, and we, and, we're, we're beyond Gen Z. I mean, we're, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're boomers, you know. <laughs> right. We're baby boomers. But every generation you know. is made of the same stuff. Yeah. And we've got we've to quit dividing over our generation. Yeah. Our generation really is is kind of wrapped up around the experiences that we had as we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And so the the younger the person, the more technology they have. You know, I remember black and white TV. There wasn't any color yeah, TV, okay? I remember that. Uh, <laughs> Little at, 19-inch screens, all we had. Yeah. So, you know, we, we have watched a lot of technology develop over the years. Uh-huh. And we've watched technology develop and go by the wayside because some other technology got developed. Like, we don't see eight-track tapes anymore. Or now it's cassettes. <laughs> no, we don't even see cassettes I hardly remember anymore. I when the cassette <laughs> oh, yeah. took the place of the eight-track. Right, right. And before that, it was the reel-to-reel. Yeah, and and, uh-huh. and long-playing records. Now, long-playing records have come back, uh-huh. but none of these other things did. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and even even you hardly use CDs anymore cuz people amazing. just download their MP3s on your on their phones or whatever. Uh, and so technology keeps changing, mm-hmm. but the word of God doesn't change and yeah. our our human nature doesn't change. We st- every one of us in every generation need to have this relationship with our Father mm-hmm. that the behold what manner of love the Father has towards us. And as he as he allows Jesus to to manifest himself to us, it changes us. You know, that that takes me to uh to Second Corinthians chapter chapter can, can three. Can I interject one more verse oh, before we take off here? Mm-hmm. In chapter uh, fifteen, verse seven in John we were in says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, yes. ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. I mean, we can ask for things, but we'll ask proper because we won't desire things of the world. If you're asking for the things of the world, there's a scripture out there. Um, I was just looking at it. I wish I had it written it down where you might get it, but it might bring leanness to your soul. That's true. Which means if if you got everything you asked for, it might take you on a path away from God because you'll grow cold. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Second Corinthians chapter three verse seventeen says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage. Mm-hmm. There's freedom. Yeah, and it's not freedom to do anything you want to. It's freedom to live as you should." Yeah, uh-huh. It's freedom that, that gives you the grace to be able to say, you know, I might rather do it another way for myself, but I, I want to do the right thing. Yeah, uh-huh. I want to do the thing that pleases God. I want to do it from my heart. And then it goes on in verse 18. It says, and, and all of us as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we're constantly being transfigured into his very own image in an ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is that spirit. It's about purifying ourselves by continuing to look at him. Yeah, uh-huh. Just keep looking at him. Just keep falling in love with him. And it becomes easier and easier and easier to let, to let go of the things that are impure. Yeah. No, there was a song we used to sing years ago in the church. It was, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Yes. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the, in the uh, light, light of his, his glory, glory and, and grace. grace. Yeah. And that is so true. Yeah. You know, as we close, I don't go to Facebook hardly ever unless somebody might send me a reel, uh, you know, or some, some kind of a a link to something that takes me to Facebook. Well, then once I'm there, you know, I might stay a few minutes. <laughs> but I, somebody sent me something that made me look at, you know, whatever the feed was. And something came from Dr. Caroline Leaf. And it's a beautiful, beautiful word. That she's I, the one that does the study of the brain. Yeah, she's the brain lady. She's I, amazing. I, yeah, I the love brain her lady. work. <laughs> I love her work. She's She's delightful. But what she said here is, it is more valuable to create a life that feels good on the inside than a life that looks good from the outside. Oh, uh-huh. And the life that feels good on the inside is going to feel good on the inside because you've taken the liberty of the sons of God. You've taken the liberty of his presence. You've taken the liberty of the grace to obey him. 
And it just throws off all of the stuff that is wrong on the inside. Mm-hmm. You know, he's wanting to purify us. Yeah. And he's wanting us to cooperate with him. Because, you know, it says in the book of Revelation that his bride has made herself ready. Uh-huh. And it's not just that we're being rapture ready, but we're ready to walk with him and work with him, work in the vineyard together with him, work yeah, in the uh-huh. harvest fields with him, work alongside of him. He wants to pour out his glory on you. He mm-hmm. wants to pour his glory through you. Yeah. And he'll do it. He's not expecting you to be perfect before he'll use you. <laughs> but just let let him start using you. And the more you work with him, the more you walk with him, the more you're going to be transformed from glory to glory to glory because he loves you. Yes. Just fall in love with him. Let him love you and let him love you into purification. Let him love you into that beauty because he that began a good work in you is going to finish it. So just let him do it and let him just trust him and let him love you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the listeners that are listening right now. Lord, I ask you to pour out your spirit on each and every one. Pour out that love that transforms life, that love that makes everything worth it, that love that causes us to see your glory, Lord and changes us into your image from glory to glory. We bless that listener right now in the name of Jesus Christ to receive a download of your glory right now. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.